So, yesterday night we spoke about how this practice is very much about acknowledging suffering and finding ways to end suffering or alleviate suffering. And part of this process is that we really start to understand the dynamics that create suffering, that we start to really watch our own hearts and minds and see how suffering is being created on a moment-by-moment basis. And a very crucial point in this, a key aspect really, is this aspect of the feeling tone that we would like to bring in today. The the felt uh, quality of any experience that we can have that plays a key role in the creation of suffering. So we also call it Vedana, feeling tone. And in the framework of the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha devoted the whole second section to this dimension of our experience. It's not separate from the body. It's just another way of looking at the kinds of sensations, of um, emotions, of thoughts that we are uh, experiencing. It is really this very basic quality of any experience in any moment to be pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And I think it's really interesting that the Buddha pointed this out. He really highlighted this, and it took me quite a long time to get it why this was so important. Why did the Buddha really emphasize this. You know, I kept just hearing about Vedana, yeah, yeah, pay attention to Vedana, but I didn't really get it. But if we start to really see the dynamics of our hearts and minds, we just see how many of our choices and actions are in fact triggered or guided by Vedana. So much of what we're doing all day long is, in a way, you know, um, coming out of reacting to one of those Vedana. So, so many of our behaviors, of our actions, are with this intention to maximize pleasant experiences. We are constantly trying to optimize our day to have more of the pleasantness and to reduce, minimize the unpleasantness. And then, well, the third category, we don't even notice that it's there, the the neither pleasant nor unpleasant dimension. And this is just going on all the time. It's going on very unconsciously. This really drives our actions, and that's why the Buddha wanted us to really pay attention, to become aware of the push and pull of Vedana. So, as I said, it is translated as feeling tone. There is not really a good translation for this word Vedana. Um, Feeling tone is very distinct from emotion. So we are not speaking about complex 
uh, emotions, but we are really speaking about the very immediate felt sense of any experience being pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. And we can notice them on the bodily level, on the physical level. We can have pleasant experience. Maybe even right now, you could just search your body. Is there any place in your body that feels pleasant? Maybe the hands, maybe the belly. Just notice, is there any spot, any area where you notice some sense of pleasant warmth, tingling, softness, whatever it could be. We can also experience pleasant sights, pleasant sounds, pleasant smells. And we can have Vedana on on the level of the mind. So the mind can also feel pleasant or unpleasant. Right now, what is the overall Vedana of your mind? Just, just taking notice. Does it feel spacious, at ease, so in some way pleasant, or very contracted? So that would maybe rather be unpleasant. Or is the mind in a very relaxed but rather neutral place? could be very equanimous. Just noticing what is the Vedana of this moment. So it's like another lens that we can bring to our practice when we are with our bodies, when we are with our minds, to really notice Is this pleasant, unpleasant, or neither? Um, Paying attention to Vedana in this way is a great way to really reduce so many of the complexities going on in our minds to just the basic acknowledgement of, okay, this is really unpleasant. So often our mind starts to react to what is pleasant or unpleasant. So as soon as something is unpleasant, we might go off in some strategizing how we can change the situation or blaming someone or becoming very aversive, irritated about the unpleasantness when there is pleasantness or the hope for some some pleasantness, the mind might go off in holding on, wanting more, craving, wanting, desire. When there is neither pleasant nor unpleasant Vedana, our mind tends to space out. We simply are not interested anymore. We find it boring. There is not enough stimulation. It's too subtle. It doesn't do anything to us, it doesn't give us anything, neutral seems so flat, so even, yes? So we have a reactivity to these Vedana, and the reactivity is the craving that we heard about yesterday night, the tendency of the mind of wanting, of not wanting, of pushing away. 
So if we can start to see this happen rather than getting lost in our reactivity, we can step back a little bit and just recognize I'm having all these thoughts of aversion and uh, um, anger or whatever. Okay, let me just come back and acknowledge at the moment I'm feeling a back pain and this is unpleasant. So rather than going off in some inner scenarios of blame or uh, fears of all kinds of catastrophic scenarios, can we just come back to the acknowledgement of the felt experience is simply, it's unpleasant. Or rather than going off in endless dreams and hopes and all kinds of inner fantasies that we could get lost in because maybe we find someone attractive, we could just come back and acknowledge, okay, this is pleasant for this system and the system goes off in its reactivity. So we just gently come back to the simple experience of pleasant or unpleasant. Or when the mind is just dissociating, just going away, just losing contact, okay, nothing, not much happening. It's rather neutral in this moment. So that can really reduce and clarify what is going on. We, we see, okay, that's really this basic quality of this moment. And rather than getting lost in reactivity, we start to really see, okay, this could be a trigger, but I can also learn to just let it be there and not fall into the automatic reaction immediately. So we would like to just invite you to bring this in, in your practice. Sometimes we can deliberately make Vedana uh, like the theme of our meditation. I'm going to guide a, a meditation where we can really turn towards this dimension of our experience. And sometimes we can just notice it because it's rather prominent. Yeah, It can really be very helpful when we find ourselves lost in some reactivity that we go back to where it started and we just acknowledge, okay, this is basically just very unpleasant. Okay, nothing wrong. It's, it's a very normal reaction of the mind to react with aversion. But can I just come back and learn to be mindful of this Vedana in itself? So instead of reacting, learning to pause, learning to be mindful of what is there in terms of Vedana. And over the time, we really develop this more balanced way of attending to the full range of Vedana in our experience, not preferencing one over the other, but really learning the capacity to open to Pleasant Vedana, really acknowledging them when they are there without grasping at them. Opening to unpleasant Vedana without immediately going into fight and anger. And opening to the neither pleasant nor unpleasant Vedana without losing contact, without just feeling bored. So that is 
what we are intending to develop, the capacity to be open to the fullness of our experience. And when we are mindful of Vedana, we can start to notice things. We start to discover something about the nature of Vedana. We can begin to notice how quickly those Vedana can change, that they are not stable. They are like winds, the Buddha said. Yeah? They feel sometimes so intense, and yet they are all so fleeting. You know the pleasant sensations that we had yesterday at lunch? They are gone. Or the very nice breeze outside right now, it's not there. Now there is another experience. It's constantly moving, shifting. Vedana is happening moment by moment by moment. And it's not in the object. That's the second important point we start to notice. Usually we attribute the Vedana to the object. So we think some object is inherently pleasant. Chocolate is inherently pleasant. (laughs) But how is the Vedana if you have to eat, I don't know, a whole... (laughs) bar of chocolate, or if you just keep eating chocolate, the Vedana changes. It doesn't stay same. So it's not the object that is in itself pleasant or unpleasant. But it's the whole constellation of what is the state of this body-mind system in this moment, and what is the object, and the whole dynamic creates a certain Vedana. Or, you know, the sound of the bell, many people would maybe say, yes, it's a rather pleasant sound, but if you find yourself in deep samadhi, finally the mind has gathered. (laughs) It's such a disturbance. And on the other hand, when you have been struggling with some unbearing, almost, you know, terrible knee pain, then you are just waiting for the bell to ring. So do you see that? It's really important that we start to get that. Vedana is a phenomenon that arises from many, many causes and conditions, and it's not about the object. And this, again, you know, it points our attention back to our own hearts and minds. So, again, this allows us to let go of our grip on things. We want to hold on to things because we start to understand it's not so much about the things, about people in the outward world. It's about the relationship. Yeah? So, yes, I would like to invite you now to come to a meditation posture to settle into a comfortable posture. (coughs) Taking time to really settle, ground,
opening to this sense of support from the earth. Just sitting. Knowing that we are sitting. sense of this body breathing allowing the body to breathe in a way that feels comfortable Then we will move the attention through the body and tune into pleasantness that is there right now. So we could bring the attention, if you wish, to the head, the whole head with the face, and just be sensitive to sensations that might feel pleasant right now. And then the neck and throat. Is any Pleasant sensation noticeable. The shoulders, arms, hands, perhaps you discover areas that feel warm, maybe tingling soft, relaxed, then the whole torso, front side, chest and belly area, noticing pleasantness, not trying to create it, but receiving it (coughs) to the extent that it's there. And the back. The pelvis 
Extend both sides, knees, lower legs. the feet. And you can, if you wish, now just choose any area that feels pleasant in the body right now. Doesn't matter where. And just linger there for a moment. And taking in the pleasantness. Appreciating it. Recognizing pleasantness can really help the mind to find balance. And noticing what happens if you just stay with a pleasant sensation. Does it stay the same? Does it change? Now we're going to shift to unpleasant sensations. And we might again begin with the head. Just recognizing if there is any sensation that feels unpleasant. The head the neck, throat, shoulders, arms, hands, any unpleasant sensation Unpleasantness in the torso, chest or belly area, back 
back. Pelvis. The thigh, thighs. Knees. Lower legs. And feet. And again, taking some time to just being with one area that feels unpleasant right now. And it doesn't need to be the most unpleasant sensation. We have a choice here. So just taking a moment to let the attention rest with any sensation that feels in some way unpleasant. And seeing if it is possible to open to this unpleasantness in a skillful way, in a gentle way, in a balanced way. rather than getting lost in the story around the unpleasantness, going back to the immediate felt experience beneath the word pain. Now we can move to the neutral sensations. Again, beginning with the head, to notice areas that feel neither pleasant nor unpleasant. It could be that actually quite a large part of our experience is neutral. And we want to become aware of this part. So just noticing where does it feel neither very pleasant nor unpleasant. Which areas might I have somewhat overlooked, neglected, because they didn't call my attention.
the neck. shoulders, noticing neutrality in the arms and hands, Torso. Where does it feel neither pleasant nor unpleasant? In the chest or belly area? The back? Backside, pelvic area, thighs, knees. Again, for a moment, just choosing any area that feels neither pleasant nor unpleasant, and letting the attention rest there for a moment. being interested in what happens to it. Then we can also open to the mental realm. So, have a sense of what is the feeling tone of the mind and heart in this moment. No need to judge, just noticing. Does the heart-mind feel pleasant, unpleasant, or neither? And you can just continue 
with your own practice and if you feel inspired to use these lenses of Vedana, just bringing them in at times, noticing them when they are prominent in some way. You can also choose to go back to your anchor. Having the sense of groundedness, spaciousness, and easeful presence.
Thank you, Yuka, for such a clear and skillful introduction to this theme of Vedana. And just to acknowledge that uh, for some of you this will be very familiar territory and may be an integral part of your practice and understanding of mindfulness. And for others here, this is probably quite new because you know, although there are multiple Vedana arising and passing in every moment, nobody's ever directed our attention to them until we encounter these teachings of the Buddha. Or perhaps until we do an eight-week mindfulness course and are encouraged with pleasant and unpleasant event calendars to get interested in how we react so easily to tone of experience. This is an understanding that pervades the eight-week courses, you know. We think just how much reactivity people can have to being presented with a raisin in session one, you know. (laughs) It's Vedana, as the Buddha puts it, Vedana rules so easily. And so... Just if this is quite new to you, being patient with the Vedana of the thought, oh, I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's really just uh, acclimatizing to this to the extent that that feels interesting and helpful. Yeah, It's always going to be time incredibly well spent just to be with the body grounding breath that's the arena you know. so just dropping in the curiosity about Vedana just to the extent that that feels interesting and helpful and the walking period is, is an interesting time to notice uh, Vedana and how Vedana does tend to rule when we're not mindful of it. You know, when, when, we're, when we're up and moving, we can see just how easy it is to be hijacked by the Vedana of a thought. You know, the, the thought, cup of tea, pleasant. And there's this kind of swerve that goes, <laughs> I was heading for my walking path and somehow I find myself at the tea station. What happened? You know, uh, and automatic pilot. You know that this theme of session one of eight week courses. This is how it works. Automatic pilot. It's the unconscious reactivity to the vedana of experience, which can include the vedana, as as you just described, the vedana of a thought, an image, a mood just as much as the Vedana of a physical sensation or a smell or a taste, operating in each, all of our six senses, so the five physical and the mind. As you sit here now, you might just bring the, the thought of your familiar walking path here to mind. Maybe you see the mental image of it. And just check, pleasant, unpleasant, 
neither. And as you notice that, you may notice how, in a certain way, vulnerable we are just to be governed by that. You know? Oh, I'm not going to do the walking. It's just something a little bit unpleasant. I had a bit of a distracted walk yesterday. I'm not going to, I'll, find some, I'll find another path, find something else to do. You know? Vedana ruling. <laughs> and part of what's so radically freeing about this practice is it encourages us to be guided by our intentions rather than by our reactivity. Because as, as you could describe last night, it's the reactivity that binds, that constricts, that sends us going in circles in our thinking and behavior rather than experiencing the freedom that is possible for us as human beings. And so, you know, there's something about the commitment to the walking path that enacts that, that symbolizes that freedom and enacts it, the freedom from being governed by reactions to Vedana, the, the, the freedom to be governed by our our intentions, our best intentions, our sense of how we really want to live. And part of what we can notice is, I get to the walking path, the thought of it was unpleasant, and I'm standing there, oh, actually this is quite (laughs) pleasant here, you know? And so we really see, as Yuka says, how quickly Vedana is changing. I reacted to a moment of unpleasant Vedana of the thought of the walking path and that governed the the next 45 minutes. (laughs) Whereas actually when I got to the walking path, I I wasn't reacting to it, I just was governed by my intention. I got there and it's different. Do we sense that? The Buddha, as well as this image of winds with Vedana, com- compared Vedana to raindrops on water, flickering and changing moment by moment. And as you walk, you could just kind of enjoy the flickering dance of Vedana that is involved in, in walking. Moments of pleasant, moments of unpleasant, moments of many moments of neutral, and just kind of swimming through that flickering, uh, kind of shimmering quality of Vedana, guided by the intention just to keep walking, just to keep walking the path of your practice, the path of your life. And as Yuka was describing, the moments where there is a hijack that takes place, you know, I'm walking and the thought of the whatever it is, the tea or the unpleasant event from, you know, daily life or something. And you feel the system getting hijacked by reactivity. A moment to pause. A moment to ground. To stop midway on the path, which is, you know, part of the, the practice. Just to pause, to feel your, your feet. 
to feel the parts of the body that are less reactive than these bits tend to be. You know? And just feel that support for choosing to respond rather than just react to the Vedana of what's arising. Such a rich, uh, such a rich practice, and such a practical tasting of the freedom that's available. So, making it a you know part of your practice to the extent that feels interesting and helpful today, and just. A reminder that at 6.30 today there'll be an affinity group sit for the LGBTQI uh, folk here. Really welcome to make use of that space, M200 at 6.30. And also that there will be groups this morning again. Um, So if you didn't have a group yesterday, you'll have one today, this morning. So just check check on the board. And... uh, as we go to those groups now, should we just let those who are in the 915 groups um, leave first? But enjoy your day of practice.